Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. We are a little light-staffed today, but that's all good. I am sitting here only with my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Sid was not available tonight. He had some really awesome plans lined up, and I don't blame him. Uh, but uh, And people who listen to this are like, Sid, Sid who? He's like, well, he's the guy who records our YouTube stuff. So uh, if you want to watch Everybody us Everybody knows Sid more than they know us. They Let's better. Be real. They, they, this is on his channel. This is better. Yeah, it's, it, you can watch us over at youtube.com slash Sid's View if you'd like to watch be. our show instead of listen to it. Uh, but missing tonight because he said he's driving home and is unable to actually be with us is not Phil Jakes. Wow, that's a bad cover. For Alicia Keys, too. That's pretty bad. And Adam Lambert. I don't expect that. I don't expect any less from him, but from her, I do expect more. Um, hello to our YouTube crowd who can't listen to all the copyrighted music we play at it the beginning Wild of the podcast. It was Wild Horses by Alicia Keys and Adam Lambert. You didn't miss much. So just think of that when we introduce his name, and yeah. just imagine, imagine how funny it does sound. It sounds funny to me. I don't care. Speaking of horses, that's probably what Phil's doing. He's probably out riding horses or um, other assorted women things. Gallivanting. Yeah. Gallivanting like Lady Godiva, prancing on a horse. (laughs) I wouldn't put it, well, I wouldn't put it that way because I don't think Florida people tend to do that, that, um, what's the oligarch type of things like that or... uh, What's the really high class people name called? Uh, the bourgeoisie. Yeah, whatever. Any any fancy some, name we can come up some with. Some bourgeois or you know rich upper middle class thing. I don't think they do that sort of fancy stuff. I think they cook meth down there, don't they? It's kind of a tradition. It's like the Christmas and get type of eaten thing. by every single animal on earth. Bitten by snakes. Fall in the sinkholes. Get sucked up by an earthquake. Spiders. Or, not an earthquake, but a hurricane. It's the same thing. It's the earth revolting against us. For some reason. Right. Uh, no wonder why they cook meth down there. I, it makes their life better because it's hot and humid every single day. Anyway, why don't we move on? All right. So, you know what? I'm actually quite proud because our listeners are starting to come through. And I always say every week, hey, you want to send something to us? Tell me how you know what you had for dinner or tell me what your favorite color is and email it to makinglapspodcast at gmail.com. But you know what? We hit a record this week. We had three people write in to me. Through either emails or DMs. God, that's got to be all of them, isn't it? That's all of them, I think. That's think that's everyone. I think that these are the same people just watch the show forty times over on on YouTube and listen to it the it's same just, amount it's of times. Just time. on repeat on accident. They just keep downloading it for us over and over to make us feel better, so it looks like our listen counts higher. I think it's just these guys. Cool. All right, so the first one I wanted to mention real quick right off the bat, it was uh, one of our listeners. Uh, I believe his name is Nick. Uh, he goes by Factor 3. I think he uses it as a screen name, Factor LeCouillure. I'm sorry if I butcher your last name. I'm, I'm really bad at reading names. Um, but he wanted to send me a message about a uh, charity that he and his family are trying to put together, a charity function or something like that. So I figured I'd say, yeah, okay, I'll give you a minute to uh, 
shout you out here at the beginning of the show. I told him I would probably probably put it at the end, but you know what? Listener topic or listener questions and messages are going to go at the beginning of the show. Screw it. Unless we get a whole ton of them, and then I'll just make a separate show for just that. But anyway, we'll move on. Uh, he's got a long-term affiliation with the bowler team. He says, that, I believe he says he paints the car, letters it, and stuff like that, and he's done it for a long time. So he's works with them. Uh, he wanted us to help him promote a charity event he's hosting. It's called uh, the Factor 3 Family First Ever Jalopy Go-Kart Grass Race Challenge. That's a hell of a name. Uh, y- you can sounds remember that. fun. One. It sounds a lot of fun. Yeah. It's August 28th or 29th if it rains. To be honest with you, if it rains, you should run it anyway. Go-karts in the rain is just a ridiculous spectacle. Mm. Uh, don't wear shorts if that happens, though, because you pack your underwear with grass and dirt, as we know from experience. Um, registration's 10 a.m. Races start at 12.30. It's going to be qualifying laps, heat races, B-Main and an A-Main. He wants uh, everyone to know that it's 23 bucks to enter a cart. Uh, spectators free. Donations welcome. Uh, there will be a 50-50 raffle, silent auction, tons of racing items, amongst other things. Anything for a silent auction donation is welcome. Any questions, please ask for Nick, a.k.a. Factor 3. It's uh, Nick, B-L, it's N-I-C-B-L-0-5 at yahoo.com. That's his email address if you want to get in touch with him. Or you can find him on Facebook at Factor Look. I'm sorry, dude. L e c u y e r. Is that what it is? I'm sorry if I yeah. screwed that name up. That's why I spelled it. Uh, if anybody wanted to call him, they could call him, and they gave me his phone number. He says 508-971-9853. He says the track's in his backyard. We know all about that. That's how we grew up racing. Uh, it's a one-tenth of a mile road course style. Well, we grew up on a one-tenth of a mile oval track. Um, all of the pro- It's fully groomed. Uh, all the proceeds go to the Tyler John Trahan Memorial Fund. Uh, he was killed in Iraq in 2009. Uh, he was a s- second-class petty officer for EOD, and if anybody doesn't know, EOD is Explosive Ordnance Disposal. These guys would go ahead, scout ahead for IED so convoys could pass by safely, and um, it's just a super dangerous job. And he said his uh, sister was a Gold Star family member, and that explains it. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give him a quick shout-out and mention that for him. Right off the bat. And anyway, why don't we just keep it rolling? And I, again, we would, we usually start off with our personal updates. We'll push that back here. Because we actually have listeners, and I want to praise them by reading their questions first. We need to pump their tires. Yes, we do. Yeah. Uh, all right, we got an email from a listener. Uh, a listener named Jeffrey Bileski, I believe his name is. B-I-E-L-E-S-K-I. I sound, I'm terrible at reading names. Why do I quarterback this show? It's a good Irish name. uh, Polish, Irish? Yeah, good enough. He sent us, hey boys. the Jeffrey part. (laughs) (laughs) He sent us this. He said, hey boys, enjoy the show each week. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We all do. Um, Yes, I'm that one dude that watches every week. Okay, well, well, he's one third now. Okay, so he's one third of them, yeah. He must be the guy who watches on YouTube and and just keeps recycling it over and over. All right. Um, Let's see. He says... uh, Number one, can you guys speak a little bit about how back in the early 2000s, each track in Connecticut had their own rules, uh, tires for the SKs? Well, I think they kind of had that for almost every division. Uh, Specifically speaking, how it's changed for the better now, and I think with seeing more driver crossover at tracks such as uh, Mike Jr., Todd Owen, etc., at like Stafford and Waterford, uh, it's great for fans to see the best drivers at multiple tracks nowadays. Whereas before, it used to only be like Burt Marvin at Thompson, Gata at the Speed Bowl, and TC at Stafford, mainly. And uh, yeah, I know way back, uh, 
I would say when we first started getting into racing, about the early well, 2000s. That would be the early 2000s. 99, 2000, 2001 was when we basically started racing. Um, yeah, I would say that uh, parity between the tracks was not really a big thing. Um, no, and the closest parity really was with the SK division. Yeah. They all had their own little, little touches that uh, made all the difference in the world. Where uh, where guys would have to choose one track over the other. Yeah, I know yeah. Thompson, Waterford, Stafford. I think they all ran different tires, uh, especially in the SKs. Different they might have, tires, different intake, uh, different rear ends. You know, I, different. They different, all. Yeah. Little diff, little tiny differences, but they made all the differences in the world. Like yeah. I said so. Yeah, it was tough to go it's, run, especially even for a division like ours, which not which was not the question. Like, if we wanted to go to Thompson, we had to change the exhaust, we had to change the tires, we had to do engine stuff, and, you know, yeah, there was not a lot of parity even down then. Intake heads, carburetor, it was a whole whole different animal. But, yeah, seeing so. the one thing that tracks can do better right now is parity. And if they... And they're doing a good job of it now. They're really starting to get the hang of it really well. Uh, some Some tracks don't have the same type of divisions as others but they like their own thing like you look at uh tracks like seaconk they have the sport trucks and then you look at stafford they have their own type of late model um you look at they have their own type of limited late model too and they have a limited late model that's got a little bit different body on it stuff like that um yeah and body rules and muffler rules and stuff like the tires are different but But you you know look their car counts kind of are are at a place where they kind of can't really mess with it yeah, or else the car counts will fall down. But the other tracks, and the way that it's changed for the better, it's changed for the better. It's because once they start, once the track started to get a little bit more cooperative, it makes it easier for the racer. Obviously, because instead of investing at a track, they can now invest it, invest in a division, right? Which is better for racetracks across the board because now they can jump from one to another to another. Racers are going to want to race no matter what. So all they could do, they could change the rear end a little bit. Uh, well, they can't really change any camshaft settings now that they've gone communism. But we might have to kill that TV, or else YouTube might flag us for because uh, <laughs> I can see the TV on the YouTube no, or on the uh, video view. No, they won't. They might flag. get us for uh, copyrighted stuff in the background. I don't know. No, they won't. <laughs> no, they won't. I trust. I know. I'm just I saying. Wanna, uh, I don't want to sidetrack, but I just know they won't. Anyway, I'm yeah. just yeah okay. We'll move on. But yeah. anyway, yeah, um, the, the tracks have all come together with the SK modified um, division it, in itself. I mean, they've gotten it down to the point where it's basically there's no there's almost no difference now. I mean, for about ten ten plus years ago, I want to say they had uh, issues with engine cost, but then they adopted the spec engine rules where you can still have a built motor, but it's basically all parts are all labeled and and cataloged and you know what you know part to buy for this piece and that piece and they basically reined cost in by doing that and that helped bring the division back up a little bit more because it decreased a little bit of cost but it didn't really kill anything uh if anything i think the cars actually went a little bit faster which is pretty funny um but anyway uh yeah they've done a great job and i think i've seen we've we've really seen uh premier divisions uh really kind of just pick up off of all three tracks you got to take into account the fact that, uh, you know, economic factors also, like we had the the housing crunch or cr- the crash in like the mid 2000s that hurt racing pretty bad. And, you know, now it's not really great with COVID and that's kind of hurting it too again. But 
otherwise, when it's actually pretty good, you're seeing car counts come back. So, I mean, parity helps, and parity is really big. So, uh, question number two he had uh, was, cool to see the 77 at Citrus County past week this past weekend. That He's speaking of Phil's car, of course. I watched on Speed 51. Any chance there is in-car footage? Well, if Phil was actually here, he'd probably answer that with saying, yes, there is. Uh, you head on over to Phil's YouTube channel. Uh, I should have pulled that up, but I didn't. I think you can find him on YouTube if you look up P uh, Phil Jakes. I mean, uh, Jesse, did you watch any of his footage, and how much cr criticism can you actually I didn't get a chance to watch him? any footage. None, huh? No, I did not. I didn't watch anything. I don't have a Speed 51 account, number one. Oh, I do, yeah. And uh, number two... You know, I didn't, uh, I, I, you, you don't have any footage. Or, I ain't seen him post any in-car footage. Um, uh, I got I got the uh, YouTube account. I I don't think he has a custom URL. It says youtube.com slash user slash slow 50H, slow 50H, which I agree with the slow part. Um, but yeah, he does have video up. He has his in-car camera put up. And uh, if you follow him on his uh, social media pages, P. Jakes Racing at uh, any, uh, what is it called, social media handle, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S, you can find it. But yes, there is in-car footage, so. Yeah, I don't twit. <laughs> All right, so last, tweet? last question is kind of directed at you, Jess. Me? Yes, at you. What? He says, this is the most egregious remark I have in all capitals. Jesse. How in the name of everything dark and evil do you not have Rich Hammond's victory yell on the soundboard, which was actually pretty epic when he won his first race at Stafford? That would be a good idea, actually. Yeah, it was. It, it went along the lines of Ric Flair's woo, but it was way more powerful. So he said, "Get your shit together, DJ Slow Mo," and I agree. What? So there. My shock. Ah. <laughs> DJ Slow Mo. That's great. That's a great nickname. I like it. <laughs> But yeah, we should definitely give uh, Rich Hammond. Definitely should get a nickname, and it should be just Rich Flair. Okay. <laughs> I got it I, queued up actually. Oh, you got it. Woo! Hey, there he is. To be the man, you've got to be the man. What's funny is that I actually used that quote once, and people were like, "Well, nice Rick Flair quote," and I'm like, "Who? <laughs> I didn't watch wrestling when I was a kid." <laughs> because. I, I really I really hate it when I come up with a saying and then I use it and people are like, oh, where'd you get it? And then they attribute it to someone else. I'm like, I don't know who that is. I just said it. And I just... When you live in a glass house <laughs> and your name is Ric Flair, you can do anything any day of your life that you want to. Yeah. This is not this is not me crapping on people who like wrestling. You know what? If you like it, I honestly don't care. You do you. It's got an it it obviously has some kind of element of fun to it. You know what I mean? So oops, I committed the cardinal sin and I did not turn off my goddamn phone. Alright. Great. You my friend are gonna come up short just like all the rest. Uh that's my entire life and this show all wrapped up in one. Yeah, Rich Flair. We got to talk about him later. Then during we, the we, update, we will because uh, Rich Flair. Anyway, 
That's his new okay, name. Okay, so the third. And yes, I'm. I'm gonna get. I gotta get a custom soundboard made, and I gotta have the Rich Hammond Victory Rail because we really it is fantastic. We really do need a custom soundboard for local stuff because we get you know some good sound bites every once in a while. We just we really need to use them just because it would add a bigger flair to what we have. Flair, you said? Yes, Woo! I did. Anyway, <laughs> one more. Listener question, and we'll get to our personal updates. Okay, we got a, another listener question from our longtime contributor, Tyler Owen. He says, hey, I have yet another situation to be <laughs> discussed on your podcast. Uh, cool. Should the modified tour get rid of the, quote, you must choose between taking fuel or tires per pit stop and can only change one... Or no, I'm sorry, I just misread his own quote. And the rules could that confusing that you can't even read it on and can, paper. And can only change no more than two tires per stop, not the three as it used to be. I believe they should go back to being able to put fuel and no more than three tires on all at once. Is there a reason why NASCAR oh, there is a reason why NASCAR Truck Series abolished this rule after the first season. That they had it in 2010, which, yes, they did. They also got rid of the caution clock, if we all remember. Thank Christ. Um, all it does is make life more difficult for the teams and suck up more laps under caution, which I agree with. Uh, you could make an argument saying, oh, it's safer to have less people on pit road, but honestly, coming down pit road multiple times right after you leave and guys having long pit stops during uh, doing tires when others did only fuel makes the congestion even more dangerous with narrow pit roads and short, you know, especially on the short tracks we have. Especially Stafford, he didn't say that, but I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, and no, thank Obviously. you. Obviously, yeah, Tyler, thanks you, uh, Tyler, thank you for writing in again. Appreciate it, and that is a good topic to discuss. Uh, personally, if I had it my way, um, mod tour races would not NASCAR modified tour. I don't care what it, if you have a if you're a promoter and you want to promote an open modified race that's a really long race, so be it, you do it. Then you got to come up with your own rules. But personally, as a NASCAR modified race, I don't think they should even stop for fuel. I think these races should be short enough that they shouldn't have to stop for fuel and that's it. That way they don't have to worry about it. Hey, I don't mind having them pet for fuel and whatnot. It, it, all that all that other word is just confusing by NASCAR. Way too many words, too much, too much, you know, to think about. We fail English? That's impossible. But why don't they just have non-competitive pit stops? If you don't want to have a professional pit car or a professional team and whatever, you're not saving them any money by doing fuel one lap and then tires another lap. You know, that doesn't save money. Why don't they just have non-competitive pit stops and just knock the bull crap out? Give them five, three to five minutes and say, here you go, have at it, like ARCA does? Yeah, ARCA does. And ARCA they, East and West. And they also, uh, uh, the upper level series have also uh, experimented with that. As yeah, well, like, on the, the world courses. like on the uh, non-competitive events where you have trucks some and trucks in Xfinity somewhere and the Cup Series elsewhere or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, they've done that. And to be fair... I don't really the tour care. Should, uh, yeah, the mod tour. There's yeah, no, no need. There's no need for competitive pit stops, honestly, uh, because again, I don't blame NASCAR for this. I blame teams for it. They will spend money to have the fastest pit crew to get them off pit road first. Yeah. That's what happened to the Cup Series. Everybody wanted the fastest pit crew, so they started paying the guys more, 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 and they started training more, more, more. The positions became more specialized. That's why they spent so much money on pit crews now. So that's why you're seeing that increase in cost. 
So when you go to this type of a series where you've got guys who own car dealerships or, or their own businesses who run on the tour, then you're basically going to say, okay, well, it's all competitive pit stops. So now you got to start paying guys to pit your car who are really good and really consistent if you want to have any shot at winning these races. And it's like, no, we shouldn't go down this rabbit hole. You know, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, these are not the kinds of divisions where you're, they're professional. They're not, I don't know of any modified tour team that makes money. Even that high up, I don't think they make money because the NASCAR series they don't pay is, anything. NASCAR doesn't pay the touring series anything. No. They really don't. Why do you think these guys participate in all the big money, like open 80 shows at like Stafford and stuff? You know, five to ten thousand dollar to win tri track races and such. Yeah. So, the you know, costs are cut less. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. the races are short enough that they probably don't need pit stops and they win a whole boatload of money. Right. You know? They don't need. I don't think they just get just get rid of competitive pit stops, and then you don't have to worry about it. Give them a time limit. That time limit, let's be fair, is probably the amount of time you're going to spend under caution anyway. If you take two different laps to to pit and get tires, and then come around and yeah, get let, fuel, let and then underfunded gotta... team that's running up front just throw some rednecks with some wrenches over the wall, and then have them go to work. Yeah, let's just let's You'll have see, it that way. Not only that, but it also create it'll also create a safer environment because now you've got people who. Make sure all the lug nuts are tight, and you're not going to break parts, and you're not going to screw up under yellow or have fuel dump all over the place because you're rushing. Everybody's going to be able to take yeah. their time, do what they have to do. It's none yeah. of these people are making enough money for it to be yeah, this. The strategy should be win the pit. Yeah, what caution the pit? Yeah, not okay. Let's see if I could beat you know Bonsignor out of pit road or whatever. Every, no, every every pit stop, just make it non-competitive. You pit, you come in. You know what I mean? Good. So we fixed the, the modified tour. So they're 20 minutes in, and we've already fixed the mod tour. All right. Well, thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank you all. Thank you very much for your questions, everybody. We appreciate it greatly. And, and I, again, I like to you know pump people up who message the show because I you know I'm grateful for the people who listen. So I give you guys first shot on air. Personal updates. I am going racing on August 11th. That's going to be this upcoming Wednesday at Thompson Speedway Motorsports Park. And I want to win badly. I think every racer wants to win badly. But to be fair, I want to win. We've had good speed the last few races. I think I've gotten uh, two races in, finished third and second, absolutely ripping through the field. Um, we got rained out the third race while leading the heat race. So, I mean, I think we're showing good speed. But we just need to be on track and racing in order to take advantage of that speed. So cars going on scales this week, probably Monday, Tuesday. Uh, it's done. It's ready to go. I mean, obviously, we've done no real racing. I ran a couple practice laps. I ran one round of practice and two and a half laps in a, in a heat race, and we got rained out. So it's like, well, I don't even know if we rubbed the you know veneer off the tires, for God's sakes. So, uh, yeah, be there. Uh, if you have a pit ticket for that la for the last race that, got rained out at thompson it is good for this race or a grandstand ticket or whatever the tickets are good if you came to the last race so make sure you call mark early yeah I know, know. I know i know he's got his ticket still gotta make my help aware early that we're gonna be doing things yeah. jesse's still working for big brown and uh no end inside i just have to you know, just uh, put my head down and just grind through it until I could find a little breathing room. Yeah. <laughs> really, that's the only thing I could do. Stop ordering from Amazon. Stop it. 
Give me some time here. That's it. Can't breathe. I can't breathe either. <laughs> Sorry, I'm dying over here. Uh, anyway, iRacing. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I went to iRacing. iRacing announced that Rain, the Mount Washington Auto Road Hill Climb, and Hickory Motor Speedway would be coming to the service. Obviously, that sent people down the rabbit hole of, does this mean that rally racing is coming since the Mount Washington race is a point-to-point? Obviously, yes. We can probably figure that one out. Uh, and they even went as far as to think, hey, is drag racing coming? <laughs> oh, dear. I would say yes, because they That's obviously... Terrible. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I can't go anywhere. God, I'm glad you can't smell of it. Smell <laughs> There's no smell of vision in YouTube. Jesus okay, Christ. I'll, I'll put it this way. I made the mistake of eating... Um, Kielbasa, onions, and pierogies before coming over here and then drinking beer. And uh, it's not good in here. It's not. We got a candle going and a fan. It's not good. My cats are leaving because it's so bad. No, uh, this anyway, dead. I think one of them died. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, well. He couldn't hang. See, no, look out. Kay's checking out the other Kay. Yeah, he's, he's dead. Uh, stay I'll on the, miss him. Stay on the ground. It's better. You'll be able to breathe down there. Yeah, okay. So anyway, uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> so yeah, I'm thinking of yeah. Obviously, point to point races is going to open the door wide open for rally racing to come to the service. Uh, but it also sent people down to see if yeah, if drag racing was coming. And uh, but I'm thinking to myself, oh, rain, great, another way to lose IR on official races. But the Darfs were out in full force, whining about this track and that track not being scanned because nobody can ever be happy that one track There's gets scanned. thousands of tracks you know? in the country. Where's my track? They're like, oh. Where's the speedball? They're like, oh, what about Pike's Peak? It's like, uh, let me explain a little something to the, all the idiots out there. And let me be honest with you. If you ever want to see how stupid people are, just go to the comments section of anything well, you ever find Mount on the Saint internet. Well, how about Mount St. Helens? And I hope they they take a scanner up there and it explodes. There's no auto road up Mount St. Helens. It's a fucking well, it volcano. It should be just for the darts. <laughs> to let them drive right in. Drive There's the right finish the line. Whoop. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, but it, let me just preface this one thing. Why would you? If a track is announced, like, oh, they're going to have the New Hampshire or Mount Washington Auto Road hill climb on the service, which they're doing this week, actually. Uh, why, why don't you have Pikes Peak? Why don't you have this hill climb? Why don't you, why don't you have Goodwood? Why don't you have... The, what makes you think that they're going to go out and do all of these at once and then announce it? No, they're going to do one, and then they're going to keep moving forward. And let me just... Um, remind people of one simple fact. Oh, why do all the New England tracks come first? There's tracks up in the Northeast. Uh, because iRacing is based in Boston, idiots. Because New England is the center <laughs> of the friggin' universe. Mm -hmm. The world revolves around us. We have the best racing. We have the best racing. We have the best sports teams. Mm -hmm. We have the best climate. We get all four seasons. We won we the war. We have the best beer. <laughs> We won the war. We won a lot of friggin' wars. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, whatever. We won the, the Revolutionary, Revol 1812. Yep. The Civil War. We won that, too. <laughs> we played a pretty Spanish big... Spanish America. Yeah, we won all of that. So, anyway, um, that's why all these tracks in New England... The Cold War. Yeah, we won that, too, <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> you'd be hard-pressed to figure it out now. Uh 
Let's see. Uh, but no, anyway, um, no, we, we lost the Cold War. Yeah, I think we did. Um, but anyway, yeah, stop it. Just stop thinking that you, they're gonna just do everything at once. And besides, I think the rights to Pikes Peak is owned by uh, some other people, so they're not gonna get it probably. Um, so uh, shut up. Just enjoy what's out there. Enjoy what they have. Be quiet. Be happy with what you get. Um, as long as I see a sticker, I want to be able to put a sticker on the back of my imaginary race car that says, this car climbed Mount Washington. I have one of those bumper stickers from this Thursday. Yes. Yeah, but I want to be able to put it on a game like if you... It cost me... Go. You can do it in the custom paint, probably. Yeah. Anyway, I went up Mount Washington, uh, and I was thinking to myself, how the hell did Travis Pastrana run up this mountain in five minutes and 45 seconds or something like that? It's eight miles up that mountain. Eight miles, and he did it that fast. And I'm like, I'm getting like, I, I hate, I don't like heights that much. You know what I mean? And, but I will drive that road because I am not going to be a passenger. <laughs> you know, at least I'm in control of my own destiny, even though I hate it. But I drove that road again. I've done it twice now. And I went up it, and it was, we got all the way to the top, and it was all clouds. I couldn't see a damn thing, so it was a complete waste. And they charge you 62 freaking dollars to go up it now. Well, they charged us because we had two people and a kid, so whatever. But it's still an arm and a leg to get the hell up there. Okay, so anyway, we'll move on to a quick blip about uh, a ride that we've already called. Uh, They said Ross Chastain is going to the second Trackhouse car next year, and uh, we'd called that. And uh, we still expect Kurt Busch to fill the second 2311 car as well. Trackhouse owner Justin Marks uh, remarked that Chastain didn't bring any money to the deal, and that's what he likes about him, and kudos to him. He's an actual racer. Oh, well, are they opening up a third team? I have no money. I have no money, too. Can they bring me on? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, I bring Thank the car you. home in a good you know, position with no damage. Real, well, not heavy damage, at least. I'll bring it home in one piece. I have lots of no money, so you can really like me. Speaking of uh, speaking of no money and the fact that we don't have any, the Enlero Photo Sponsor Draw calendar sales are going on, and if you can't think of anybody to put in for a driver, think of us, because I've said that I would make my car a limited late model and go race for a year at Stafford, and anybody who listens to this show knows that I have... Um, not been very kind to the limited late models ever since their inception and I think it would be funny to make me go race that because I won a whole bunch of money and if Jesse wants to go racing again put his name down whatever I will make time yes we will make time and go race anyway I will go to the front (laughs) All right. so uh, now that we got that out of the way um, we'll go to Stafford because we talked about them Stafford Limited late model results, which I just talked about. Uh, Jeremy Lavoie picked up his first win of the year. Race was a uh, little messy, I'd say. Uh, Fern, uh, Alexander Fern, and uh, Jens, Devin Jensik, they got turned around early. Uh, Todd Patnode went around a couple times. He got thrown out eventually. Uh, Serdell, Crosby, Scapini, all those guys got put out by Rex. I mean, there's not a lot of cars in this division, so to be, uh, to, be to have it be a little bit of an ugly race is... Uh, not helping them that much, you know. It's it's. Where was Rich Flair? I didn't see him at all. Rich in the Flair was not there, and neither was the other brother. Uh, the '95 car, can't remember names. Sorry, everyone. Uh, it's like Matt and Jed. Jed, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
the one that doesn't hasn't or the one that hasn't won yet this year. Um, yeah, those both um, those cars were freaking toast. I didn't expect them to be back after one week anyway. Um, so yeah, it's sad, but their car counts have been getting better. I just wish that uh, I wish people would see that it's actually not that far off of what we got now, and they could probably uh, switch over and go there if they wanted to. But I know it's a lot of work for some people, but whatever. I'm sure it'll come. I know Stafford's not going to deviate from them, and they're not going to change. And uh, they're they're stubborn about sticking with stuff, and it's starting to pay off. They so. think you'll make a good late living a late mile driver. Yeah, I know they will, and that's that's why I kind of want to do this now because <laughs> I thought it would be really funny. All right, so. Um, Street stocks never fail to put on a good show. They never fail. Nicholas Hovey picked up his second win, uh, and they had a great battle at the end. It was a great last lap battle. Not only that, but they had a great battle leading up to it. Uh, Between him and Chris Meyer, Meyer used multiple outside lane passes to come from deep, like 14th to the lead. Uh, But he bobbled going into one on the last lap. Nick shoved it underneath and got there and uh, got back under him. There's, I'll tell you what, it's funny because once I thought, once I, once Nick Hubby got past for lead, I thought he was dead. But early in a guy's career, uh, you know this, sometimes it's almost better for him to have a greyhound out in front of him. I mean, a, a, a rabbit, excuse me. A great greyhound has a good rabbit in front of him. So he's always got to chase something. So it may be easier a little bit sometimes to have him chase and regroup and then reevaluate and then come back at them. Yeah, a lot of leading, a lot of being able to lead races is leading races. You know what I mean? And then when it's you get tough with if no you, one in front of you, it is. Sometimes it's really tough for people to really figure out where they need to be on the racetrack and where their car works the best and how to drive it hard without having somebody to chase. And that just comes with a lot of a lot of experience and a lot of age. But right. uh, the leading, learning how to lead a race is a lot of skill. Yeah. It takes a lot. It's a totally different skill set, and one that you have to have time in order to learn. Yeah. So, but he has. He's getting a lot of time because I know he's racing all three tracks. And he's running he's getting up a lot. Front. He's yeah, and he's running up front, so he's going to get there eventually. Yeah. Uh, and then, give him a couple yeah. years, there will be no problem. Yeah. After, no problem. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned about the outside passes. I mean, it shocked the hell out Chris of me. Meyer, um, I mean, he was what seventh, eighth, or whatever. Yeah, there was a big mob of them. I blinked from like fourth to seventh. I literally blinked, and then all of a sudden the forty-three uh, went to the back of the field, mm. or towards the back, and then Chris Meyer was like in second. I, was, I had to actually rewind the tape, like where the hell did this come from? Yeah. So, uh, and then I watch it again, and I go, okay, well I'm figuring out where he's putting the lead in the car. <laughs> Number one, it's uh, right at the very bottom of the seat. It's in the place where his testicles are. No, oh, there because it is. they went. That thing went to the front on the outside, and then a lot of skill, a lot of bravery, and the holes opened up right in the right time. Mm. I mean, that was that was impressive. Yeah, that blew me away right there. It was quite impressive to watch that eighty-seven yeah. car go around the outside, and he passed like two or three guys in one pack. I'm like, wow! I think it was like four or five in the one corner. Like, it was, yeah. I mean, Frank the three was right behind him. Frank the three junior. Oh yes, I'm sorry, Frank the Three Junior. Uh, he was right behind him, and uh, he just—he did not go to the outside. I just—I was like, even he was probably shocked. It's like, damn, 
that thing just went. But yeah, I mean, it was just a great race. If you don't like the street stocks, then you don't like racing, to be fair. Like, if you're one of those people that shows up for the Tormod race, well, I hope you learned something this week because... <laughs> yeah, that street stock race was amazing. They put on you know, a, a freaking show, and the, the tour race was kind of boring. Yeah, that's so. right. It was good to see. You know, Nick Hubby, no one-hit wonder there. No, and he's not going to be. told that he wasn't going to be done winning races. No. And guess what? That wasn't a brave statement because it's true. Yeah. Hell of a run. And uh, I expect him to be going to an ACT late model someday soon, so uh, just keep your ears peeled for that one. I won't reveal my sources on that, but I know they posted a video of him having one. So, And it's funny because I was actually looking at that car, and I'm like, should I buy this? Should I not? And then they posted that they bought it, and I'm like, that was telling. <laughs> that told me everything I should have done was right. So, <laughs> all right. So, late models. Oh, boy, late models. You are what the sportsman used to be 20 years ago. Um, yeah. Kevin Gambacorda was the only sane person on the racetrack and won his third race in the Marchese number 5 car. I want to just say that I don't think he won the race. I think we want to call him the first survivor. Well, we can, but that car I mean, he has did been win the race technically. Yes, you but know, that he car did win and he was running good. But he's the first survivor. But he and that car have been lights out, man. Oh, he's, yeah. He oh, got into take that. Away from him. He got into that car. I wouldn't say right away in the season, but once he did, this is a third win in that car. Third. I mean, dang, man. Uh, anyway, uh, early in the race. Excuse me. Uh, Adam Gray lost a tire and crashed, uh, so that's going to hurt his point lead quite a bit. Um, yeah, yeah. there was a bit of contact with the 42, and he wasn't very happy about it. And if you heard what happened in the victory lane, I mean, in the, not victory lane, the opposite of that. Oh, the, uh, on Pit Road Report. Yeah, yeah. The Pit Road Walk of Shame. He said, uh, well, if that's the way everybody wants to race and whatnot, I'm going to have to go back to the old me, basically, in so many words, paraphrasing. So another storyline to look out for. There. To, parap- to paraphrase Dr. Dre, I'll, I won't do it. But uh, anyway, um, so Tom Fern crashed twice, at least twice. <laughs> he had no right side on the car. He went in the pits a few times. I mean, it was just pretty bad. Um, Daryl Keene was just a weapon. Um, <laughs> there's nothing else I can say but that. Yeah, Tom Fern's um, second crash. Uh, I, I mean, no disrespect to the multi-time champion and you know one of the winningest race car drivers, but that was uh, that was on him. He crowded him up awful bad coming I mean, to turn one. Rick Lanigan had nowhere to go. Yeah, and, I mean, what's he gonna do? And Tom <laughs> Fern with no right side on the car protecting his wheels. It's just taking more and more and more. How much more do you need, my man? Yeah, and, if, uh, if somebody's there, just I don't give blame, him a damn lane, dude. I don't blame Rick Lanigan for being upset. I don't blame his car owners, uh, Scott Cook, the cookie monster, for wanting to take a bite out of some EL fudge or some Chips Ahoy or whatever, make the whole cookie crumble. That would be bad. Yeah. Uh, he, don't I, piss I'm them sh- Cook brothers off. I'm sure he was, uh, they were pretty pissed off. I would be. They were, they were ready to I'd be mad jump too. on some ginger snaps. <laughs> uh, let's see. I mean, Keen was involved in almost everything. He still finished third, but uh, uh, everyone high in points was involved in some incident at some point. Like, I know um, Magnum. Pretty much, pretty much it was this. <laughs> uh, 
It was all out warfare. War has made me paranoid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. Yeah, it was warfare. Um, and it has been for the last few weeks, Ben. It's been crazy to watch the late models. I'm like, guys. Medic. Those bodies cost money. Medic. There's a tire shortage, man. Stop crashing Stop things. Stop popping tires and crashing stuff. Stop doing it, man. Jesus, you guys are freaking animals. I thought the sportsmen, street stocks, whatever, used they to be They can't get a handle on that division. They're just man. a bunch of, like, degenerate felons or something, man. They're like Raiders fans. Oh, my God. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not that far. but uh, They're pretty bad. All right, why don't we move it on to SKs? Because they came out early so that the guys who run the uh, tour race could get a little bit of time to get changed up and put in their other ride. Todd Owen, back-to-back wins. Uh, not many incidents. I know Narducci got bumped up into the marbles and spun on the backstretch. Gave Owen a chance to catch Michael yeah, the Jarvis. Rider knocked the wheel out of his hand. It was just one of those hard... And once you, you get up... You could see it fall right out, you know, rip it right out. It was... He caught hard, it. It was hard enough. He caught it, but once you're up that high, it's Marble City. Yeah. Especially at Stafford. Yeah. And uh, he did everything he could to not wreck the thing and basically did that. So yeah, uh, everybody missed him too, which was good. Um, again, it gave Owen a chance to catch Jarvis, and uh, he got by with only like a lap and a half to go. Now, I want you to notice um, the guys who got suspended, like uh, Ronnie Williams, uh, we haven't seen them since they – got suspended in the SK division. They kind of took their ball and went home. Um, I have a comment on that. Basically, it's this. Uh, you see guys like Ronnie... Uh, I mean, not Ronnie Rocco. That's his dad. Keith Rocco. <laughs> uh, but you see Ronnie there anyway. Uh, but uh, you see Keith come back. He got suspended too. I mean, these other guys got suspended. They came back. The 50 team got suspended. They left. They went tour-type racing on select events, and that was it. So they took their ball and went home. But it's like, I don't understand the mindset of this. I mean, yeah, I, I get I it. Back, do. I get it. But back in the day, I used to think the same way. But it's like, here, think of this. Yeah, I know you're a two-time back-to-back champion, winner, big name, all this stuff. But guess what? I didn't notice you were gone until someone pointed it out. Well, they, they're not in the points anymore. So it's like, well, who cares? Now they can concentrate and have a fun and, and having a tour-type car. Keith Rocco has way more investment in the in the division at Stafford because he has five six cars there. Yes, but here so consider this. I kind of don't blame him for. Well, why bother? Why don't we just go tour type racing and just concentrate on that because they're out of the points. I don't agree with that. Why? Because they're they're out of it. Brian Sullivan in the SK Light division last year missed like one or even two races for things because he wasn't racing full time, quote unquote. Yeah. He won the title. Yeah, but the SK Light division has uh, just as many cars as many cars but how many of them as competitive that can win week to week a lot of them yeah but not they have the about level six, at the sks they have six to you seven miss a race, like the SKs. you miss a race todd owen or mike jr is going to eat it up it doesn't matter or steve and cops here or like 10 15 they have 10 15 guys that can win every night sk lights don't yeah, but most of the time when people just up and take their ball and go home, it's not because of that. It's because they want to try to get back at the track. But, oh, you're going to suspend me? Well, I'm not going to come, and you're not going to see my fans there. You're not going to see this there. Well, guess what? People are still showing up. So I guess that worked out. Uh, anyway, uh, and again, I don't. There's plenty of other guys there who are willing to take your place. Trust me. Um, it's not that Stafford doesn't need you. That's not their words. That's my words. Um, they will get someone else. Uh, anyway. That's um, harsh. I'm sorry, but it's the real, it's the real thing. 
people clamor to go race at Stafford for one reason, because it's a professionally run facility and it gives you prestige around short track racing. It's just a fact. I don't know. I, I think they'll be back the next year. I'm sure they will be, yeah, but we'll, uh, they, they need to realize that anybody you, you who acts... But here's the thing. is anybody who acts like this, your absence really isn't costing them that much. It's not. Like I said, I didn't even realize you were missing until someone pointed it out. And they're, and that's a big name. You know what I mean? So, uh, anyway, we'll move to SK Lights. Now, Derek Debus picked up that win. I think that's his fifth on this season. Um, so, I mean, you get five... Got anybody winning five races in the SK division? Uh, no. not right now. No, no. That's what I mean. It's a lot tougher division than the SKs. This was a largely uneventful race, with the exception yeah. of a very hard head-on crash by Josh Carey into the turn one safer barrier. That was ugly. Uh, he clipped his left front on the right rear of Tyler Berry going into one. That car just had just got a clip done on that thing, didn't it? A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Now needs another one. Now needs another one. Um, but yeah, it went basically straight uh, in. And I, you know, I, I love, I love our commentations. I say our. I love the commentary staff at Stafford with uh, Kyle Ricky and Ben Dodge. But you can tell they don't race because they're like, oh well, I don't know what happened or he lost it or something happened. I'm like, no, he clipped his left front on the guy's right rear and went straight in because it hooked the wheel out of his hand. Uh, it happens. But it, that's just yeah, the difference. Was, um, that's the difference between a racer and an announcer. That wasn't a racer, but an announcer is way better at announcing than a racer. So it's kind of a catch-22, you know what I mean? That's why the racer is good as, like, somebody you reach out to for information, and that's about it. You know, like a color commentary person. Racers, yeah, racers uh, don't have the imagination as an announcer still. Yeah. And, uh, which is why this podcast does so poorly. As well as it does. (laughs) Anyway. All right, so we should move on to the... uh, NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour event, the Gaff Roofing 150. Ryan Priest showed up, which you couldn't miss him because anywhere he shows up now, everybody clamors to tell everybody that he shows up and advertises that Cup Star Ryan Priest will be here. And that's good. It is. It is good because he's yeah. help, He's coming back and he is promoting short track racing, which is where he came from, and I like to see that. Um, but he had the lead. Uh, for pff, a long time, he just running away with it. I think they threw a caution at like what lap ninety something out of one fifty, I believe. Yeah, they, they were very well behaved for the first almost hundred laps. They were very well behaved, and you I know don't even know how far Ryan Priest got up to lapping. Uh, pretty far. He was up to t- he just passed like the tenth place car. Yeah, he was killing everybody, just like, everybody. Holy smokes! I didn't even see what the caution wow. was for. Did you see what the caution was for? Because I didn't. Uh, the fact they that were he looking was leading, for it, but they didn't show it. <laughs> the fact that he was leading well, <laughs> and stinking up the show. Well, he's passing Woody. We better throw the yellow out. Oh crap! That's it. Don't pass. Woody. He's making it boring. Throw the yellow. Woody's if a fan was, favorite. Better not pass him. That's here's, it. here's the yellow thing: if if that was a rule, I wouldn't care. It's like okay, fun entertainment, hooray. Well, but, but like, yeah, it's like the when SRX they, has that rule. Yeah, like, and you know about it. It's like okay, this yeah. race is getting boring. We're gonna throw the caution. Yay, cool. But in NASCAR, you know that they just do it sometimes, you know. But they don't tell you that they do it. Uh, anyway, um, so Ryan was dominating until yellow. Everyone made pit stops. Just like the last one, his car didn't really work on fresh tires. But they had a quick yellow right afterwards, and he came in again, and they just swapped front and rear. Now, when they do that, it usually is to adjust stagger because it will probably sure the stagger up or bring it up, you know, whatever. Whatever tire sizes they knew was going on in the car. They're going to swap them to try to get that either bigger yeah, or smaller. Yeah, got a little fussy. 
Yeah, so they did that, and it fixed it. Probably lost the stagger. Luckily, he lapped so many cars, he could just come back in and still be in the top 10 with enough laps to make it back to the front. But he came out in seventh, so that didn't really hurt him too bad. No. He restarted. uh, I forget who was leading at that point, but anyway. um, Let's see. Where did I end up in my notes here? Yeah. um, Swap the right rear. Help him get back to the front. Next page. Yeah, I'm really good at this. Anyway. Waterford results. Oh, that's not what I was talking about. So he gets up there, gets to Bonsignor, and uh, they have a great battle. Bonsignor is protecting the bottom. Um, obviously, Ryan has a lot more experience at Stafford, and Stafford's one of them fussy racetracks where you can't really... Uh, if you are if you don't have a lot of experience there, you don't know all the little <clears throat> subtle nuances that go on there, but Ryan does because he knows the place like the back of his hand. And uh, he was able to finally work over Bonsignor, get under him. Bonsignor got a num- uh, nose back under him, but it didn't work out. Ryan ran away. And uh, Justin could not hang on for his first Stafford win, which I'm sure everybody ribbed him on Twitter endlessly for. So Ryan Priest won the Gaff Roofing 150 at Stafford. Sorry for the spoiler to those of you who wanted to watch it on NBCSN. I was about to score. <laughs> womp womp. Okay, so... We're going to move on to Waterford results, which, again, this week, no one posts anything fun on the internet except for results. So we just kind of run through their results as if, like, they just showed up and won. Because... <laughs> oh, man, I didn't know you won that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, late models. Jason Palmer won. Okay. Yeah. Legends cars. <laughs> Legends cars. Johnny... Uh, nope, that's that's the SK Light Race. Legends cars. Jordan Churchill won. They only had six cars. Again, get rid of them, put them on Wednesdays. Or get INEX sanctioning so they're actually racing for something. Mm-hmm. SK Lights, Johnny O'Sullivan won. Uh, I guess that was an interesting race, cool. but I didn't hear anything about it. Mini Stocks, Chris Garside won. Now, That's I have what a, I was thinking. I was like, oh, Chris Garside's di- dynamite. Now, I uh, have a small, a short story. I sold him a transmission that I had sitting around from when I owned my Mini Stock. Uh, I had it rebuilt, and then my engine blew up, and I took it out of the car and, you know, put a other transmission in it just in case, but apparently that transmission worked just fine anyway. And it's been sitting in my shop for over 10 years, and I'm like, okay, I don't know what to do with this thing, so I sold it to him, and he needed a backup. And in this race, he went, he had a shifter problem on a restart, and I'm like, oh, God, I hope he didn't put my transmission in. Now I'm going to feel bad. But I don't think he did. I think he said he was going to swap the case out on it before that. So anyway, um, I guess he battled back to the front. I was looking at the times, and I saw that his times were pretty quick. Are you so. trying to take the credit no. for the win No, I was of no. him using his transmission? No, were you even listening to me at all? I was trying to take credit for his shifter problem because I sold him a transmission, and I didn't know if he was using it or not, so I would have been the one to blame for a shifter issue. Uh, quite the opposite. So... All right, so Chris won that race. I forget how many he's won this year. Is that a second or third? I can't, it's it's multiple. I know that. Hmm. No answer. Okay. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't have the. I don't have the vault up here either. I don't, know. Either. I don't know either. The vault's not updated yet. Yeah. As of air date. SKs. Tim Jordan continued his win streak. I think that's what his third in a row. Uh, he won that race. Um. No sportsmen, though. They did not have the sportsman race because they said they had a lack of tires for the tire shortage. And I'm looking at myself like, man, you know, back when we ran American Racer tires, those tires, let's be fair, 
not the greatest tires in the world, but to us, they kind of were. Because we could race those tires all the way down to the cords and still be competitive to a point. You know what I mean? These 790s are any, basically any Hoosier tire at all. I know it's, I'm not trying to crap on Hoosier because, let's be fair, uh, I've never had a failure. You know what I mean? I don't think they're that bad, but I think that the compound and how they, the chemistry of them is put together, they don't work great after a few heats, after a set amount of heat cycles. So, you know, they just lose grip incredibly bad. Um, so people buy tires, you know? So for a sportsman race to be called because of a lack of tires, I find it to be kind of amusing because they run us, well, because we run these tires, I, I lumped myself into it. They run us on these tires because they're hard and they're supposed to save the racers money and we're supposed to be able to run on them longer. But now we can't run because we don't have any. Like, unless these tires are showing cords, you should be able to run these tires, <laughs> you know? I don't know. If I was running these racetracks, I'd be like, look, here's a, here's your durometer limit before the feature, and I'm going to look the other way. <laughs> Do whatever you got to do to get the cars on the racetrack. Oh, there's a little rule about soaking. I'll just uh, ignore that one for right now. Anyway, we don't need to tell the EPA everything. They don't need to know. They're the government. What are they good for? Um, anyway, so that sucks. Uh, let's go to a track that actually likes sportsmen and racing and uh, isn't complaining about tire shortages. Let's go to Seekonk. Yeah, they'll take anything they, they can get their clothes all last year. And let's be fair. If you're a race fan from this area and you don't go to Seekonk, you are missing out. Because this place is a fantastic little bullring. It costs no more or less to get in anywhere else. It's easy to get to. They have tons of parking. They have good food and cold beer and great racing. And you don't even have to climb stairs to watch it. <laughs> you have to climb stairs to leave it. Right. <laughs> Go Quite to Seekonk. Hey, you know what we should do? We should go to Seekonk this weekend. Let's go to Seekonk. We haven't been there in a while. We should go. Yeah. Anyway, all right, so. You know what track I want to hit? Lebanon Valley. Hudson. Hudson. I've never, I've never been to Hudson. We should go there, too. We should go to Star as well. We should go to all these places. Well, Screw just it. just have a racetrack weekend. Yeah. You know what's funny That's is it. I spent my, I just spent a week's vacation last week in uh, the White Mountains, and I had no idea I was nine minutes away from WMMP. White Mountain Motorsports Park. No idea. But Ooh. they weren't racing during the week, so I yeah. couldn't go. Anyway. Uh Best you could do. Whatever. Yeah, but it's a beautiful place. I mean, beautiful scenery. Yeah. Uh, so Seekonk had some very interesting and historic finishes, which was really fun. Um, none of the same names that we've been talking about all week, or all year, really, except for really one, made it to Victory Lane here. Um, sport Trucks. First-time winner. Amy Arsenault one it was her first win in the sport truck and uh we had an all-female one-two finish uh britney campbell picked up second place so that's interesting to see and i like to see that we need to get the girls up and racing more um obviously we can't force people to do that that's just weird anyway <laughs> we can encourage we yeah encouragement is what really leads to a lot of this you know um Good job. encourage your kids to race it's better than doing drugs I don't know. <laughs> I think drugs are cheaper. <laughs> and drugs uh, definitely work. 
That's I don't why know, people man. Do them, man. I don't know. People I'm, do drugs because they work. I'm not encouraging. I'm not drugs. Re- I'm just saying <laughs> that drugs work. Okay. I'm not out there stealing <laughs> catalytic converters for tires, though. Let's be honest. I'm not out there ripping <laughs> copper out of people's walls so that I can get a hit. You know, <laughs> I need race fuel. I gotta, you know, strip these copper wires. I am. I'm gonna jack your grandma for some Hoosiers. Mm. <laughs> I'm not ripping phone booths off the wall and smashing them open for pennies. You know, <laughs> what's a phone booth, Boomer? I know. <laughs> Moving on. Late models. Chase Belcher won. Uh, let's be. F- I need to go into something here real quick. The counts in this division have been kind of struggling. I've noticed because they've been in the teens lately uh when for the past few years they've been in the 20s at least like their late model counts have been pretty good like really good uh and i i wonder if it's to do with this Uh, i noticed a car a picture of a car on american racer tires at seekonk and it was act car and i'm like huh because i know the act rules and they run the act rules and the ACT now runs on Hoosier tires, whereas they used to run on American Racers. But American Racers, the tire of note at Seekonk Speedway. And I wonder, because I remember back a few years when Waterford was running different tires uh, than the ACT. And it was killing their car counts also, but it was backwards. They were running Hoosiers, and they only had like seven or eight cars every week uh, when the American Racers were on the ACT cars. So I'm just kind of thinking, I'm wondering, because guys really... And I know yeah, that was before the tire shortage issues, obviously. But um, I'm just kind of wondering if that's really got to play a factor into this. What do you think? I think it does a little bit. Um, I, I really don't know because I don't see a lot of outsiders going to the racetracks anyway. So it's not like you're really attracting much attention anyhow. Yeah, but I noticed that so. a lot of guys from Seekonk used to dabble in the ACT. And I know some of them kind of don't go to Seekonk now and they just kind of ride the ACT now. So, it's especially with the tire shortage issues. Um yeah, they should yeah, I already know I already told you about the my views on the driver shortages that they should have two companies with compatible compound and then open it up and have one one person's half inventory and another company's half inventory, mix it up, giddy up. Yeah. All right, I'll touch on the sportsman because oh, capitalism, capitalism is key. Okay, so congrats to Chase Belcher. Your uh, uncle owns a nice burger stand out in uh, fictitious land somewhere. Oh, I, uh, I'm Bob. How, how how are you? Oh yeah, TV references. I get those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Bob's Burgers, kids. Look that up. All right, so uh, I'll touch on Sportsman real quick because they had the exact opposite. They had 26 cars take the green. And Craig oh, Pianca. Wagstaff, excuse me. Yeah, Burger Stand and Wagstaff. There you go. The joke's done. All right. Joke's done. Okay, so Craig I'm Pianca won the Sportsman race. That had 26 cars. They have monster fields in the Sportsman division at Seekonk. Monster fields, and I love that division. Um, all right, now we got to get to the big news. Now, we've been trailing him for all season long because we knew that the century mark was ahead for Rick Martin seeking his 100th Seekonk win. And what better way to get it than in the pro stock? And he won his 100th win this weekend at Seekonk in a pro stock, beating Tom Scully Jr. by a .028 of a second. 
and he did it on the outside on a green-white checker finish. Yeah, that was ridiculously close. The old man can get it done. Now, according, <laughs> now, according to our good buddy uh, Nick Tito at Yankee Racer, the statistics came. It says he won his first race in May 12, 1979. He's won, I think, two late model races, 33 in sport trucks, and 65. For pro stock races. Now, to those of you who are astute at math, you're probably saying, well, that equals 99, and you're right. However, he also won a Bush North Series event at Seekonk in 1987, bringing his total at Seekonk to 100 victories. He's also won 19 other career wins at other tracks, including 16 at Thompson, where he was a two-time champion in pro stocks there in 1997 and eight. And he's won at other a couple other races at a couple different tracks. Uh, so congrats to Radical Rick Martin on your 100th Seekonk win. I mean, if you can get 100 wins in anything, you're doing something, man. Yeah, there's some and, video out there of it, too. It's in dramatic fashion. Oh, go, go look up Seekonk on Facebook. They posted a, a fan's point of view of the win. That's a video from Turn 4, and it's fantastic. And this man gives me a lot of hope for the future because... He started racing before I was even born, and he's still winning races. And uh, I was a tadpole. Not just even swimming. Not even a tadpole. You were two years from being well, a tadpole. Well, I was a tadpole still in the <laughs> in the pea pod. Uh, I don't know if that works that way or not. I don't think you hold on to them for years. <laughs> There's I think a lot of them like them. me, though. They look a lot like me. <laughs> There's a lot of them. Okay, so yeah, congrats to Rick Martin. Just awesome. I mean, how many people out there do you know around here who hit the century mark at a single racetrack? I mean, Teddy did it at Stafford. Uh, almost did it at Thompson. Almost at Thompson. He got 99. Um, Bob Ron- Potter. Does Potter have 100 wins? He get the bowl, he does. Rondo has 100. Yeah. Um, and you've got Rick Martin getting 100 at, at Seekonk. I think Teddy probably is the win leader at Thompson with 99. What would you think? I would yeah, think probably. so. Probably, yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, just, I mean, that's a short list. You know, to get three digits of wins, that's a short list. And, man, that's awesome. It's really cool to see. Um, all right. I'm going to mention this real quick. Jacob Perry won the MRS race up in Groveton, New Hampshire, at Riverside Speedway this weekend. That's his second tour-type modified win. He is on a roll. And to be fair, I would say that he needs to cut his hair, but you know what? It seems to be working out for him, so let it flow, kid. Don't cut your hair, Samson. Don't cut your hair. Don't cut your hair, Samson. That's where the power comes from. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah, I agree as well. Listen to no Delilah women. No. Don't do that. Okay, so... Wrong. And his hair is beautiful. Anyway, moving on. That was weird. Uh and creepy. <laughs> really kind of creepy. Bobby Santos won the King of the Wing Asphalt Sprint Car Race at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway. See, that's news to me, and I want to, I want to watch video of that. I need to. You know what? It might be on Speed Fifty One. I'll go check for you and see if I got it because they do have replays. Uh, I will check and see. Um, but they did announce that, so I was like, "Huh, that's cool." And those things are badass too. <laughs> Asphalt sprint cars—they're freaking nuts. Was though. that a? Uh... Yeah, was I just wonder if it was on their regular account or do you have to pay per view for that too? I don't know. I'd have to go uh, look. Um, I hate their billing schedule. I hate that. Mm. Yeah, it's like you got to be a member, and now you got to pay for this race. Like if I have flow, I can just watch everything. Oh, that 
<laughs> oh, well. All right, we can touch on Watkins Glen for a little bit because uh, the Cup Series did. back off their Olympic break, they said, okay, no one's watching this crap, we can begin. Yeah, they're not done yet, but, well, I think they are now. They're but anyway, done. they're done now. Uh, so trucks... They were done before they even lit the torch. I didn't really watch any of it. Uh, it it's I didn't feel like watching the Woke Olympics. I wanted to watch a competition, not... No, forget it. Anyway. Yeah. Um, even trucks... the women's volleyball sucked. They all look like refrigerators. <laughs> How sexist of me! Whatever. I wanted to. I wanted to watch racing anyway. Yeah. So, trucks Xfinity and Cup were at uh, Watkins Glen. Uh, truck Series Austin Hill won a rain shortened race with eleven to go. I think that the 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 only thing I got to come out of this is that uh, I think that the lightning clock is too long. I think you got to cut that thing at least in half, if not more. You know, oh, we had a lightning strike within nine miles. Let's wait a half hour. What if you get a lightning strike and then you burn off a half hour they and no freaking lightning happens again? <laughs> they want them to race in the rain, but they, they but if there's lightning, they have to stop it. Because they don't want people to get hit in the aluminum grandstands or whatever. It's, so, it's so stupid because... What's stopping them from getting hit in the parking lot? I what mean. accompanies <laughs> lightning? What accompanies a lightning storm? Mm. Rain. Especially when it's you know summer, almost a hundred percent of the time when they race. <laughs> so why freaking bother having anything to do with the rain if you're not going to let them go through with the lightning? Now we have the, yeah. you, uh, the insurance companies and everything are so out of control that they're worried about people being struck by lightning, which is it's happened, but it only happened what once. I know people got hurt, maybe being killed, struck but... by lightning is a phrase for something that doesn't happen very often, like. Winning the lottery. You have more chance to be struck by lightning than to win the lottery. You have more chance of dying in a plane crash than you do being struck by lightning. struck by lightning. Yeah. I don't get it. Anyway. I mean, I do get it, but at the same time, I don't. Eh, whatever. We don't run these things. But it's still... We can still offer our opinion. Xfinity Series. Uh, Ty Gibbs won. Uh, I'm really kind of sick of people saying, Oh my God, this kid's so talented. Go look at his car. To be honest, yeah, you got to be talented to win in good equipment still. But I mean, if you were given a steering wheel when you were a fetus, would you be good at it after He's eighteen had years? Driving lessons, road course lessons, short track lessons, acting lessons, dancing lessons. He's so talented though, Jess, because he's only he's never worked a day in his life. He's only ever taken driving lessons and racing lessons his whole freaking life, and been in a race car since he could walk. You know what I mean? Since he could piddle his pants, he's been in a race car. If you do something long enough, racing, I'm going to break this to everybody, but racing is something you can learn. It is. You can be trained to be a good racer. You can, and especially if you take all the correct lessons and have the right tutelage. And let's be fair, this kid's never raced in garbage equipment. He never has. Never has. So to say this kid's, oh, he's got such natural talent. Well, yeah, it's all he's ever done. <laughs> it's the only thing he's ever done. Okay? So he's he's essentially a thoroughbred. Since he came from the womb, he's been trained into doing this. Bar none. That's it. Okay? And if you looked at his car, it was so much more poised and controlled than everyone else. It wouldn't bounce. It wouldn't roll. I mean, so, yeah, I mean... Okay, great. Yeah, well, you have to have a lot of talent in order to be, uh, you know, winning in that equipment. And it's here's the thing. Yeah, you, I get that. I, I understand that. You, you do have to have a lot of poise. But again, it comes with the training. And 
let's be honest. If it couldn't be taught, why are there driving schools? Right. You can be taught how to race. Um, it's just how much you absorb it. The natural talent comes from people who pick it up quicker than others. That's literally all it means. Uh, so, again, and I also want to touch on this. If anybody thinks that he's getting the same cars and equipment as his teammates, I am not in agreement with you. And I'm not thinking of that as a as a uh, conspiracy theory. It's it's happened before. I mean, look at Gordon and Hendrick. I mean, you can't tell me his equipment and team wasn't light years better than Terry Labonte and anyone else that they put in the 25 car back then. You know what I mean? You can't. You can't tell me that. And the reason why these guys do it isn't because they pay more money for that ride. It's because they see that this person can be the future of their company. Now, Rick Hendrick molded Jeff Gordon for all those years, made him a winner, made him a champion, gave him the best of the best, and what happened? He made the best of it because he was like this kid. He was molded as a youth, and he was able to take advantage of every lesson and everything he ever learned. Jeff and Gordon now look at prodigy. where Ty Gibbs is nepotism. It's both in the same thing at the same time. Because look at where Jeff Gordon is now. He's gone, retired, and now what? He runs Hendrick. And he will run Hendrick when when Mr. Hendrick dies. Uh, and these car owners are getting old. Look at Joe Gibbs. He's a grandfather of an 18-year-old plus. And he's not young either. He needs people to take care of these businesses when he's gone, which is what his son's for. Obviously, his other son tragically passed away, sadly. Uh, but he's got his son taking care of it. Now, when Ty Gibbs retires, guess what he's going to do? He's going to take over. Okay? You, so to say he's going to get all the best, or not, he's going to get all equal equipment, he's just doing it on talent, mm-mm. they're investing in the future of the company by giving him the best stuff. It's a smart business decision. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, I, it's just a more aggressive case of what happened with Childress Racing and the uh, Dillon brothers. That's all it really is. It's just it just he got to get, he got to have all the tutelage early in his career. For five years, we had him under training, singing lessons, acting lessons, dancing lessons. For five years, we had him under training, singing <laughs> lessons, acting lessons. Oh, well, that was a short clip, lessons. huh? Yeah, yeah, but he's right, and it's more than five years. And I mean, yeah, you can you can disagree with my opinion all you want, blah blah blah. I don't really care. I still don't like the kid. Uh, not you for don't the don't care because he's an uppity douche. He is because, well. and you can see it in his driving because he's more when he gets to you, he doesn't even try to go around you. He just gives you the bumper, and he has no real reason to do anything else. So I've never been a fan of the kid. I mean, look what he did last week in the Arca race. Got to the kid and just drove through him. Didn't even care. Didn't well, it's matter. it's kind of funny because... And he moved Austin Cindric the second he got to him. You it's, know? It's kind of funny because uh, the nine car, Noah Gregson, last year did that to him at Dover. <laughs> Five laps into the race, got to his bumper, moved him into the fence. Yep. So... And it tells you a lot about him, too. So it's like, well, you know how they feel, and you still do it anyway. Which yeah. Which is really really douchey way to approach life. It's like saying, yeah, I know you don't like it, but I don't care Mm -hmm. because I don't need to care. I had it happen to me, so... I don't care. Anyway, all right, so... I don't have anything else to talk about. I think we're going to shut this thing off anyway, so... Uh, You have anything else? 
Well, do you want to talk about Cup at all? Or oh, did no? I not talk about them? No, I don't really care. No. <laughs> I was going to talk about What do you Cup. think about Brad Keselowski going, to, going to, from Penske to running his own car? Well, that's what he wanted to do. Um, and Penske wouldn't let him. So he says, okay, I'll go somewhere where I can. I have plans and I want to do it. Well, I, bl- I don't blame him. I want. If, it's, if a he's, good, it's a good way to be in your own car is a good way to piss your own money away, that's for sure. Oh, God, yeah. but Especially you can't, when you run with Jack Roush. Jack Roush. He used to be great, but let's be fair. He used to be great and he used to have a lot of partners, but he's not good with people. No, he's terrible with people. That's why no. Brad is a part owner, so he can bring him back up. Yeah, but Jack Roush has had partners before. and I think he's burned way too many bridges because he's an asshole. Yeah, drove. <laughs> he took their money and drove them away. Really, is what mm-hmm. what he what Jack Roush is really about. Talk to Mark Martin about Jack so, Roush. He he says he owes Jack Roush a lot, but goddamn, he is not easy person to deal with. No, and he just it's like you know. It's, anyway, that's not for us to discuss. Anyway, whatever. Cup, you wh- all wh- shut this video off anyway. So yeah, let's right. Just, let's just put this thing in a can. Uh, anyway, who won the cup race? Anyway, Chase Elliott. No, Kyle Larson. <laughs> yeah so. chase elliott was second yeah no uh, kyle larson won his fifth race of the year um cool yeah brad keselowski was a pinball and the penske cars had brake problems all day end of the show all right anyway Yay. done so you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform we should get the voice so he can come say the ending in a really high-pitched shrill voice can we watch some tv first uh we can do that after we're done we're almost done here anyway you can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash uh, Sid's View. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Brent Gleason01. Uh, I'm just going to tell you again, just don't find me on Facebook because I just don't friend people I don't know. And I think that that's completely fair. Uh, I'm not that big of a networker. If you want to find me, go on Facebook or go on Twitter and Instagram. All right. So, yeah. Jesse, I don't think you really want to be found. I don't care if I'm found or not. All right. So, f- you can find Phil when you he. You find me, find me. I'm, I'm okay. You can find Phil when he shows up here at uh, P Jakes, P J A C Q U E S Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And uh, I think that's about it. Boy, how do we end this thing? Keep the dirty side down and stare at all the fans. Thank you for listening. <laughs> 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 Apparently he's got a song for us. All right, well, no song at the end just because there's no F1 race, so you don't have to die this week. All right, thank you all for listening. <laughs>